Wednesday nights, we are talking about uh, belief, we're talking about doctrine, we're talking about theology, and uh, we're going to spend the whole year at least doing that. Tonight, I want to talk to you about one of the, um, really, one of the most important doctrines of our Christian faith. There's so much that hangs on this, and uh, so we're going we're to dive into this tonight. Uh, there's no way to cover everything on this, but we're going to give this good treatment tonight. What I want to talk to you tonight about is the doctrine of Trinity. Trinity. Okay? And so let's look at this and uh, dive into this. In the, in the recent weeks, we have looked at some of the attributes of God. Two weeks ago, Pastor Heron talked about the knowability of God, that we can know Him. Started to introduce some of the ideas of attributes. Last, last week, Pastor Sean uh, shared with you some more of the attributes of God. You know, uh, he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's everywhere present. He's eternal. He's unchangeable. You know, there's so many attributes of God. Some attributes only belong to God. We could never, you know, be that because we're not God. And then there's some things that we have, uh, because we belong to God and we grow in God and we become more and more like him. So we pick up those attributes. And, um, so we've been looking at a number of those things, and that brings us closer to this now. And I'm going to stack everything that we've done all year on Believe. I'm going to stack it tonight before, before we finish. You'll see how it all kind of fits together here. Um, when we talk about Trinity, we have, concerning our God, three personalities. And, and let me just say that all these words are pale. None of these words will fully grasp what, what we're talking about. And, and we'll find out why. It's a mystery. Everybody say mystery. But it's a mystery that we can know and believe. Okay? And, the, and this whole thing's called believe. So three personalities, if you will, but just one essence. Okay? And, and that's, that's even hard for us to, to get a hold of here. All three, and, and let's name the Trinity here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, okay? All three share the same divine essence, all three, not just the Father. I, I talk to people sometimes, and sometimes in your own thinking, you can find that you're thinking of just the Father God in certain ways, but you've got to know that whatever the Father God, the essence of Father God, those divine attributes and essence also belong to Jesus the Son and to the Holy Spirit, okay? Remember, y'all are the smart crew, so hang in tonight. So we've got the Trinity, that's God, existing eternally as three persons. And again, these, these words are all weak for us. Like we can't fully get the three persons or three individuals, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each is fully God, and there's one God. And we'll break that down a little bit in a moment. Trinity actually means a tri-unity. It's a three-in-oneness, okay? And... This perfect trifecta here, Trinity of God, we're, we're going to uh, delve into this tonight. Uh, Old Testament and New Testament are replete. I mean, they're full of the support that we have to understand that God is a Trinity. The Old Testament, there's plenty in there. Um, some of it is more loaded in the language, the, the original language. Uh, it is more clear for us in the New Testament. And so we're going to look at some of both tonight. I'm going to warn you, we've got a lot of scripture tonight. I've read these several times over the last few days. I've had no ill effects. Okay? So this will be good for, for all of us here. 
Um, New Testament, let's, let's look here in Matthew chapter 3. And this verse 16 and 17, let me set up the context for you here. This is at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And this is when he gets baptized, okay? And we're looking for what? We're looking for the Trinity, okay? Matthew 3, verse 16, 17. When he, who's he? Jesus, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the, help me, spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice, now hold on, we don't know who really, you, you know because you've been around, but a voice came from heaven. And what the voice says is going to identify a couple of things here. A voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. So who would say that but the father, okay? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we see father. Son, Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, verse 19, and to put it in context, this is at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, and this is at the ascension. And Jesus said, and this is referred to as the Great Commission, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, help me, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there again, we see all of the Trinity right there. Now, New Testament authors, New Testament is written in Greek, okay? New Testament Greek, the word theos is, is it means God, theos, God, theology, God. Um, and theos, most of the time in the New Testament is used for when it's rendered God, but it's a reference to Father. I'll show you in just a moment. And then we have another word called kyrios. Kyrios, K-Y-R-I-O-S, Kyrios, and it means Lord. It's translated Lord, and it typically is going to refer to Jesus, okay? So you're going to see God and Lord, and the way it is used, you're going to see it's, it's like Father and Son. And we'll, we'll find a couple of verses. I'll point it out to you tonight as we go. So the New Testament is very, and I want to give you a couple big words. How many of you know we're okay with big words? Latte, Frappuccino. Grande, make it venti. See, we know all kinds of big words, okay? So we can learn these, these words. We are very, the New Testament is very Trinitarian. Trinitarian. We believe, we know, and I'll tell you why we know before we finish here tonight. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 6, there are diversities of gifts. Everybody say, I have gifts. And what are those gifts for? It's it's to serve. It's to serve God. It's to serve the kingdom of God. God wired you. He gave every one of us gifts to to be used for him. There are diversities of gifts, but the same, help me, spirit. And and just in case you're wanting to know the the Greek New Testament word for spirit is pneuma. And it means like wind or breath or spirit. Um, There are differences of ministries, but the same kyrios, Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same theos, God, who works all in all. So we have spirit, Lord, and God. So you've got, you've got Father, Son, Spirit all tied up in that verse. Now, we're going to rapid fire through a few more verses here. But y'all are learning as we go here. First Peter 1, 2. Uh, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, theos, the Father... 
in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. There again, uh, New Testament, very Trinitarian. Jude 20 and 21, there's only one, one chapter. Y'all okay? But you, say that's me. You, beloved, yeah, that's me, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of Theos, God, looking for the mercy of our Kyrios, Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. Undeniably, Trinitarian, undeniably, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, on some important things. And I told you at the beginning, this is so important. There's so much writing on this doctrine right here. So here's three things that we're going to break down tonight. And I went ahead and came out and wrote them earlier. So we wouldn't take up all our time here. Okay. So God is three persons. Everybody say that with me. God is three persons. Okay. Secondly, each person is fully God. And number three, there is one God. Okay, and I know we just read it, but we're trying to learn it. Okay, so let's, let's go back over there. God is three, because we want to know what and why we believe. Okay, we want to know what I believe. I want to know why I believe it. That's what we're doing this year on this. I want to be able to articulate what I believe. I don't want to have to just clam up and get defensive when somebody says, well, why do you believe that? Because I do. We don't have to be babies about this. We, we can know our stuff. So God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. Now you go, does that make sense? It actually does. It's a little hard for us. And, and we'll talk more about that as we go here. Let's look first of all, number one, God is three persons. And again, these words are pale. These words don't hold it quite fully for us, but that would be one way for us to look at it, person or individual. So God is, God is three persons. And let me point this out. The father is not the son and the son is not the father and the son is not the spirit and the spirit is not the father. These are three persons. They're distinct. They're distinct. So I want you to think right now, three persons, father, son, Holy Spirit. So let's, let's think distinct persons, individuals, the Trinity, but distinctly three distinct persons. Let's, let's separate them a little bit. Let's separate father and Jesus here. John one, verse one and two in the beginning was the word and the word was what was with God and the word was God. That brings in number two. He was in the beginning with God, with Theos. Okay, then in John 17, 26, and I, and Jesus is, is speaking here, I have declared to them your name and will declare it and that the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So you can see that the father and the son, they're two distinct individuals, people. Bob your head yeah. with me, Okay. Um, first John two, one, uh, where'd it go? There it is. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. This is such a powerful passage right here. Don't, don't miss this. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. How many of you know that 
God does not want you to sin. And if anyone sins, he doesn't want you to. But if you do, we, we, have, we have an advocate with the Father. Okay, okay. We want you to have insurance. No, let me back up. We don't want you to wreck. But if anybody does wreck... We want to make sure you've got insurance. I don't want you to wreck. Does anybody want to wreck? No, you don't want to wreck. He didn't want us to sin. Really, in your heart of hearts, I don't want to sin. Um, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with a father. We have an advocate, somebody pleading our case on our behalf with the Father. Jesus Christ. The who? The qualified for this. And we didn't load this verse here. The next verse says, And he is the propitiation, satisfaction for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Woo! Okay, that's not our message tonight, but that's powerful right there. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin if anyone sins we have an advocate with the father and the advocate is who jesus christ the righteous that's awesome hebrews seven twenty five. therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to god theos through him since he always lives to make intercession for them and i'm giving you a lot of scripture tonight because and i'll show you why more fully in just a few moments here. I'm giving you a lot of scripture because I want you to know this stuff. This is in the Bible. Everybody say it's in the Bible. And so there again, we see, we can come to God, Theos, Father, through him, Jesus. Then the Holy Spirit is not Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. Let's look at this real quick. John 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, everybody say Holy Spirit. Y'all with me on this? You're going to be so glad. You're going to be so smart too. And listen, when you understand something, I want to remind you of a biblical principle. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. That's what we're driving for. Because I'm tired of the enemy coming like the bird in the parable of the sower and stealing the seed of the word. Why did he do it? Because the people didn't understand it. So if you don't understand it, he can come and take it away from you. Real life situation in my life, didn't understand something, got taken away, algebra. It's gone. The devil (laughs) took it. I try to tell my parents and the teacher, it's the devil. It's the devil. All right, back to our to truth. Uh, John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, may say the Father, will send in, who's talking? Jesus, in my name. He, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I, Jesus, said to you. So you can see they're, they're, all, they're different here. Matthew 28, 19, we looked at it earlier. There, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one more on that, and I love this one. And we'll end the, in a few moments repeating this verse. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Kyrios, Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, Theos, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Everybody say amen on that. And there we, we see the Godhead again. So, God is three persons. Say that with me. God is three persons. Now, for the sake of time, we won't, we won't break all of this down, but number two, each person is fully God. So God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each God, uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is fully God, fully God. Uh, plenty of scripture on that. But let me point this out to you real quick. If we, if we don't have number three, if we only have one and two, that God is three persons and each person is fully God, we now have three gods. <clears throat> So we've got to have this third one here. If we have three gods, let me give you a a couple other terms here. Then you're polytheistic, poly meaning many, or more specifically, you're tritheistic, which means you you believe in three gods. How many of you know there's there's one God? So let's let's establish establish this. Scripture is so clear on each of these. God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each of these is fully God. We see them with their distinct roles, personality, one essence though. Number three, there is one God. Everybody say that. There is one God. And and you you need to get that. That was the salvation core foundation for the children of Israel. That's what they passed on. Hear, O Israel. And we'll get to this verse in a moment. The Lord, the Lord our God is one one God, you've got, you've got to know that. They were, they were coming into lands and, and dealing with people. They had all kinds of gods. Sounds like where we live. And we've got to know that there's one God. Everybody say there's one God. Now, let's look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is is one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And just, just to, by the way, Lord here is uh, Y-H-W-H. It was just the four letters. They, the name was so holy that they just assigned that. Later it was released and, and you've heard Yahweh. It'd be that way. Uh, I didn't mean that Yahweh that way. I didn't mean it to do it that way. Um, First Kings 860, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. Are there other religions? There's no other God. Isaiah 45, verse four through six, for Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, I am Yahweh, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, there is no other. 
Skipping down to verse 21 and 22. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. And there is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And I'm telling you, the Old Testament hammers that, hammers that, hammers that, hammers that. It comes over into the New Testament as well. Let's look in First Timothy 2, 5. For there is, help me out. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And then I love this next one, James two nineteen. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Even, even hell, even demons, even the darkness knows there's what? One God. There's one God. There's one God. Now, let me kind of wrap this up in the next few moments here. Regarding the Trinity, all analogies fall short. They're pale, they leak. We try to, we try to describe it's a three-leaf clover. It's a good try. I've used it. It's like H2O that can be liquid, vapor, or solid. It's like a lady can be a wife, a mother, and a sister. No, because when you do that, you get into what is called modes. And it's the same person just doing diff- the same one doing different things and that's called modalism and, and we're not talking about that we believe that god is three persons each person is fully god and there's one god this is all important listen to me this is important everybody say this is important because i want I, here's what hangs on it and we'll be we'll be unveiling these things as we go throughout the year your atonement depends on this being true your justification by faith depends on this being true. A Jehovah's Witness does not believe in justification fully by faith because of how they handle their belief of Jesus in this whole thing. That's why they're going to come knock on your door on Saturday. So we've got a justification by works. And let's don't laugh at them they are believers all over the place trying to earn off their sin. And you've got to believe this. You can't earn off your sin. You're going to create a bigger debt while you're trying to do that. That hangs on this. Worship hangs on this. Prayer hangs on this. We could go on and on and on. And we've tried to be very intentional to stack as we're going. And I'll I'll show you in, in just a little bit as we kind of conclude this tonight here. This is hard to simplify. This is hard to understand. This is a mystery. But we know it. And we believe it. Because of what we already talked about since the beginning of this year. Why do we know this? Why do we believe this? This, this is hard. This, I don't understand this. this is a, it's because it's a mystery. But we believe... In this trinity of God, 
Why? Because all the things we've established this far this year. You ready for this? That the Bible tells me this. And what we've already established this year, and if you're new to Wednesday nights, we've already established this, that the Bible is God's Word. It's inspired. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's authoritative. It's reliable. It's the canon. It's closed. It's sealed. It's solid. You can stand on it. It's the rock to put your life. And, and everything else we believe comes from what God told us in his words. So we're standing tonight on God's word. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to stack all year long. We're standing on God's word. You can stand on God's word. Other, other stuff is shifting sand. It'll wash out underneath you. You can stand on God's word. And, and why do you believe a trinity? Why do you believe Father, Son, Holy Spirit? All, all this? Where did I get all this stuff? Because it's in God's, it's, it's in God's word. I believe God's word. Amen. And God will watch over his word to perform it. And plus, if you'll think about your life, you've had interaction with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a mystery. It's hard to simplify. It's hard to understand. Let, let me do one other thing and then... I'll close this here. You need to know where they're all at right now. Okay? And my drawing will be auctioned off. (laughs) No, it won't. All right. Here's Earth. And here's Florida. Here's the United States. And this right here is a hedge of protection so we get no hurricanes this year. I just drew that in. But here we are, right there. And then heaven is above, it's over. But how many of you know that it's like, it's just right there? How many of you, when you die, when you drop your body, you step through a veil? Okay, there's physical and there's spiritual. Don't think about it too hard, it hurts. Okay. In heaven is the throne of God. Well, there's a big throne. And there's another one at the right hand of the Father. Okay? So seated on this throne, just get this real quick. Seated on this throne is the eternal Father God. On his right hand seated is the Lord Jesus Christ. All of heaven around them is saying, worthy, 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 holy, holy, holy. Because you created and you redeemed. That's all going on right now constantly, never stops. All that's going on because the father at one point sent his son to the earth. He came and did the work that the father directed him to do. He completed that work. We're going to be celebrating that over the next two Sundays. He ascended. When he came and he was baptized, father spoke, Holy Spirit showed up. He's getting ready to leave. And Jesus said, listen, all this that happened, I'm telling what you to do now. You go and you make disciples, people to follow me. And you baptize them as a huge symbol in the name of the Father and the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And then he ascended and he went back to heaven. He's our advocate with the Father. We'll be talking about prayer after, after Easter on Sundays. We're going to do a, a series called Pray for a Change. And you don't, you don't want to miss it. 
And so he ascended to heaven. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's our advocate with the Father. Right now, when you're struggling, when you're going through stuff, he's pleading your case on your behalf before the Father. I'll just go ahead and throw this in real quick. When you pray, it's like mailing something to God. And here's your biblical instructions. Address it to the Father in my name, care of Jesus. It gets delivered to Jesus. Jesus sits by the Father by the Father, and reads the mail. Father, this is to you. It came to me, and it's about so-and-so. And they're asking for this. And they belong to us. I paid a price for them. And listen, the Father, the Father sees you through him. He sees you through him. Wow, gosh. Well, when he left, he made a promise. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. He said, the Father's going to send another comforter, just like me, who will do in my absence what I would do for you if I were present. And on the day of Pentecost, a rushing mighty wind, an incredible happening took place, and the Holy Spirit burst into the earth to stay. Old Testament, he would come upon kings, prophets, and priests, and people in certain times. He would just come upon them in certain times. But now he's come to dwell in temples not made with hands. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in the earth today. He's the agent of action. He carries the full authority of the Godhead. He's listening and he does what the, what the Father wants done on your behalf. There's nothing can, that can withstand the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And if you're a believer, he dwells in you. The Apostle Paul said, keep being filled. Just stay filled, stay filled, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And realize that he's with you, he's in you, and certain times he will come upon you. And he'll help you. He's the helper to get you through all this. I'm banking on this. I believe this. I know this. And I'm so thankful for this. Oh, man, I want to go another hour, but we can't tonight. So let me finish with this. Hard to simplify. Hard to understand. This is a mystery. But I fully believe it. And I know it. Because of this. Because of God's word. And because I've been walking in God's word. And I've had interaction with all of them. I feel the Holy Spirit with me right now. God is always greater than our comprehension. There still will be people that will argue about a trinity. God is always greater than our comprehension. And I'm going to give you four things to do with that. God is greater than my comprehension. Say that. Here's the first thing you do with that. You worship because of that. Worship because of that. Worship that there's a God that you can't figure out. A God that you, me, could figure out? Puny. I want a God that's so creative, so strong, so incredible. He's beyond my comprehension. Worship Him. Second of all, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice that you have a God that's beyond your comprehension. Thirdly, be strong in your faith. Because you know what? He's got you covered. He's got you covered. And then lastly, 
you need to reflect the divine unity of the Trinity. What did Paul teach us in in Corinthians and and in Ephesians? There's one body, but many members. Stay in unity. Reflect the unity of the Trinity. In your marriage, and the two became one. That's again reflective of the unity, a, a, a mystery. Paul even said, I'm speaking of a mystery when he's talking about marriage and Christ in the church. Reflect that unity. And let me just close with this verse and then I'll pray with you tonight. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And I pronounce this over you tonight. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And the church said, amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.